Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned for the Ebony Empress Show on Blog Talk Radio. Excited, excited, because he's ready to go. So welcome, Kwame. How are you doing? I wanted to have more powerful conversations on this network. And before, people who know me will know me for Ebony Empress relationships. And that's fine, because in the past, um, three, four years ago, before I went to uni and took time out of the whole blogging thing, um, yes, mm-hmm. that was all I was really focusing on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, with time, you know, Kwame, as you know, time, we move on a little yeah. bit. And I still am yeah. about relationships. With certain- relationships are everywhere, you know, and um, it, it's something I had to battle with moving from being like an employee to, to trying to be a manager, let alone a business owner. Because essentially, you, you create relationships with the people that you work with. You've got relationships with people outside of work. And um, it's a transition that you go through where you learn, you have to learn barriers, you know, what's exposed. Pretty much, I would say, like, when you first go into social media, you know, we all learn how much we were exposed, how much we won't. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not going to post a picture like that next time. That was a bit too revealing or maybe I I can open up more. Maybe I'm being a bit restricted. So um, I think uh, uh, it's it's very important about the relationships that you create. They definitely tailor who you are. You are, you are guilty by association. I think your growth mechanism, and I'm very much about growth and being better than I was last year, highly depends on uh, what relationships you have. The success of your business or it doing well, again, relates down to, you know, if, if, if people don't even have to be great at the job, but if there's a vibe, if there's a good connection, if there's a powerful relationship, then everyone, that means great communication. That means teamwork. Um, then you reach the goal anyway. So I'm, I'm big on it. I'm really big on relationships. And, and obviously the, the, the man and woman one as well, which is, that's probably a whole different podcast. So I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I hear you. Don't get me started because yeah. I'll go down the road. I just yeah. said I've come off. Um, but, you know, people who know me all know it, it will come in because relationships are so integrated into everything uh, that we are yeah. talking about today. You know, we are talking yeah. about powerful choices. And sometimes everything is kind of pivotal on, you know, the kind of person that's in your life, the people that you connect with. I, I always say to my children, it is about very often the friends that you have, the people who are good people who are in your life and being able to make sure that you have the right people around you. And that is about relationship building. That is about who we connect and who we bring close, you know, even our enemies, who we bring close is important. That's right. So today I've kind of decided that the show is going to be segmented into three areas. I'm really interested in your young life, your younger days before you became this entrepreneur, this consultant, and you are part (laughs) yes, your organization is KB Consultants, so I'll just throw that out there for those people who want to go and look you up. On my show page, I've got your details so people can connect with you. But um, I wanted to say that 
what's important for this conversation for me is to know about your early days to also look because yeah. you're from London and we have a lot going on around teenagers in London right now, particularly our black young people and knife crime. Yeah. And um, I'm just yeah. interested to hear about when you're talking about what you're predestined to or what people, what the expectations are for your life, what, what were they for you when you were a teenager? And now I know when yeah. people look at the show, they can see a lovely picture of Kwame, who I cannot believe, yeah. Kwame, that you're but anyway, um, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? It's, like that, it's that uh, fountain of youth. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a fountain of youth, actually. I can't tell people where it is. Um, well, it will lose its power, but yeah, I, I drink from that day. Oh, wow. I'm blessed. <laughs> You're blessed. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't so reveal, the... I can't reveal the location, but yeah, my, my, my younger days, my, um, my okay, teenage so years. Well, hold on, oh. hold on, teenage years. Then oh, the oh, last oh. segment will be from oh, teens yeah. till now. So looking at those lessons you've learned, the lessons in the boardroom for you, because now you're running this successful company. But I just want to know yeah. about the key areas in your journey. And I, I'm really looking at it not just from an employment perspective, but also family and your spiritual. Yeah. I don't know if you spiritual person but how does spiritual yeah. you know, affect that whole journey is that yeah. okay with yeah. you well yeah 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 absolutely absolutely well um Good. the teenage years was growing up in a, in a in a poor area in east london um lived on a council flat I, I i speak about that regularly i was on the 20th floor um and uh i, I was living there with my old man my parents had gone through a separation. And um, it meant that, you know, we had gone from living in a nice house to, 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 to this tower building. And I also had to change schools as well. So um, it, it was a hard time. And then later I was accompanied uh, uh, by my younger sis. And, um, yeah, we grew up there. And it was, it was a happy family. It was, uh, there was connection. There was love, there was respect. We were taught as any sort of young Ghanaian kids would be taught. You know, West African discipline was there. And um, both our parents were spiritual, Christian. So it meant that um, we would go to church. So there was always that knowledge of higher being, which uh, later on in life um, diversified, you know, but um, there's always been that spiritual uh, aspect in all our lives. And we're all Christians in our own right. And um, I think for me, the biggest pull were a lot of the principles that were taught to me by my father, which is why I always scream the necessity and importance of parenthood. Um, when we talk about a lot of the, 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 the crime that happens with our young black youth, um, we, we, we tend to find that the common denominator is parenting, you know, and it's it's who, it's who are your heroes when you're young. It's who you first are impressioned by and, what you, and who you learn from. And I think if they uh, conduct themselves in, in a certain way, then that gives great example for the younger, the younger generation, the kids. But the biggest thing as well, which is quite unfortunate because some don't have this choice for me, is finance. Because, you know, when you look at many of the uh, um, families, and we were quite fortunate not to have this 
in, in my younger years is that the parent has to work long hours or when the kids come back from school or child comes back from school, mummy's got to go out for a cleaning job or a nursing job or something, which then leaves the child at home for many hours alone, which uh, then allows for all forms of influence to come in. So, you know, we, we were quite fortunate. We had um, my old man would be back home about six-ish, usual nine to five. And, you know, he had a he had a very standard job. He worked as an electrician for London Electricity Board. <laughs> so, you know, he was he was like, uh, uh, um, he just went to work, did his thing, got a decent pay. And but he always taught us about life being more and having more options than what he had and that he was making necessary sacrifices to dig deep, to give us the platform. And so schooling was very important. And, uh, you know, so doing well in school at GCSE, I mean, I didn't do amazingly, but I got seven GCSEs at C grade. I then went to college, did A levels. I did chemistry, physics, biology. The aim was to go towards science. Typical African influence, you know, become a doctor, <laughs> lawyer, you know. <laughs> so, you know, after I did A-levels. I didn't do so well in those, but I did well enough to get me into London Met University, which was North London University at the time. And that's in uh, Highbury. I, you know, and that's what encouraged me to become an Arsenal supporter. You know, it was right next to their ground. So I went there and studied biochemistry. You know, I was on this really good path of, you know, educationally, I was, I was on the right path. I was still spiritual, going to church when I could. Um, by the time I reached uni, I was living on my own now. I was living with friends. And um, yeah, there was the typical influence, you know, start getting a bit of change, get a little car, get a girlfriend, start going on holidays. But um, at this point, I still didn't see, I was fortunate enough to avoid the, the road life, which was being on road, selling drugs being caught up in gang life. Um, I did get in trouble, but that was more like driving offences. Um, I, was, I was a bit rebellious and, uh, you know, I broke some of the driving rules. And so that, that got me into a little bit of trouble, but just enough to wake me up and go, oh, listen, life is real. And what you do today can consequence tomorrow. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a few brushings and <laughs> that's where I would be on my knees praying. Like, please God, you know, Get me out of this trouble. I'll never do it again. And it wasn't just praying because I was in trouble. I generally did believe that the Most High could help me. And I believe he did because yeah. I got away scot-free. But, you know, it was enough to make me, it was the whip being cracked. And um, yeah. I, 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 then, I then basically I qualified with a biochem degree. And it was now going into the working world, which is what has, given me great strength to teach within schools, which is another thing that I do as a, as a, as a social agenda aside from my business. I teach in schools like Grateful School in Barking. Um, we've, got, we've got workers in Barnet and Southgate College. I've been to Newham uh, and uh, College as well to speak about entrepreneurship. But, you know, teaching some of the lessons I learned during these, this, this teenage transition. And, you know, going into the work life, they all want experience. And... It's not what you think it is as a young person. Um, I had my little job in college, don't get me wrong, working in a restaurant, <laughs> cleaning tables. But, you know, when you start now going into a, a career job, you think this is going to be it. And um, I really didn't like working in science. 
So I had this degree in biochemistry and I started in Winston Hospital, worked clinical biochemistry, did it for about four weeks and I was dying. I was like, I'm a bubbly, loud guy. And this was lab coats, goggles and petri dishes, centrifugation machinery. It was not me. Capital FM, the old Capital FM playing in the background. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, and I, 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 can, I, I fully learned at that stage, Sandra, that if you uh, going into that world after all that sacrifice, because that's what I think adults don't teach kids enough. Education is sacrifice. You're, you're holding back from making money. You've got to still study some more. Yeah, at 16, you can get a job, but you've got to keep studying. It's a sacrifice. And this day and age, you've got so much visuals of people winning, so to speak. Cash, money, houses, holidays. Everyone's in a rush to get that. And, and when you actually go through the quote-unquote right day, the right way, get your education, get a job, and you actually go in, you're like, this is what I sacrificed for. It is a letdown, and I wish there were like sort of consultations that young people could get at that stage to really tell them, to encourage them at that stage, because it's hard. And you're now in a dog-eat-dog world. You're now in a rat race. Get up, go to work, come home, eat, sleep, get up, go to work. And um, when, I, when I got into this sort of rat race, I knew I had to find another way. I was like, this is not, this is not me. And even if I were to create a platform for people to work under me, if I were to create a company, I wouldn't want them to live this rat race kind of life. I would want to give more freedom. Obviously, we've got to work the hours of the day, but in a way that was more uh, modern, you know, not clocking in and clocking out of the same building day in, day out. And, um, okay. you know, so, the, 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 you know, these are the two experiences I would say that shaped me and led me uh, to, where, to where I am today. I don't know if that's answered your question, but, you well, know. Um, it does, it does. <laughs> well, it yeah, certainly does, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to know yeah. how you feel about, you know, overcoming the whole thought that, you know, sometimes we have that there's nothing I can do about the outcome of my life. I'm predestined to be who. No, that's, that's BS. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't I think have, we I are. You know, do you believe we are predestined to be? No, I, 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 I feel that our environment definitely shapes us, most definitely. Um, you know, if I can interject there, right, I, we, we made a documentary in 2007 called The Ends, and we went around all of the boroughs of London, and especially into the hard parts, you know, Mightsville Estate in Brixton, Pembury Estate in Hackney, you name it. We went into the tough parts, north, south, east, and west, filming uh, a lot of people, some deadlisters like Kelly LaRock, some notorious ones like uh, Judge Our Souls from Peckham Boys. You know, it was it was deep. And the whole point of it was to showcase that it's not that you're young and black and you are a certain way, but your environment shapes you. Or are we just that way? That's the question, you know. Are we... Are you a product of the environment or is the environment a product of the people, you know? And in doing that documentary, it was really good. We managed to get to the House of Commons with it, where we showcased it to um, uh, Diane Abbott, who was the MP of Hackney at the time. And what the, the, the answer that was highlighted is that we are a product of our environment. You take the same said person 
and give them a different set of parents, a different environment, a different house, different level of finance, and they will be a different person. So, you know, okay. it's hard to say you, you are always going to be successful or you are always going to be this, you're always going to be that. I mean, I, I'll go as far as to believe that you can, you know, you can actually change a person's mindset. And this is why it's so important that we always talk about our network and who we associate with. Because even when, you know, you've had all this shaping from your environment, your parents, schooling, you name it, you hang out with the wrong people for two years and you can lose everything. You know, your relationship can crumble, which means you can then lose your house, no longer be around your kids. You can lose your job. You know, or every, your whole life can just change because you've hung around with the wrong people that probably steered you in a way that jeopardized those things you valued most. So, no, I don't think uh, so, we have so to So, a question there. for you. So, a question mm. for you. Have you had to make choices about the kind of friends that you hang out with, the kind of people that are in your life? Have you had to make those powerful choices because you know that if I follow this group or if I allow these people into my circle, it's going to send my life in a direction I'm not looking for. You know, have you been there? Absolutely. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have to do that. And I think, you know, there's, there's epiphanies you have when you go through changes and um, sometimes either life puts it on you or you have to, find it but we always know when it is you know we know that time because you start seeing the changes happen around you or it becomes more apparent that you're going around in circles you know and um yeah i had to do it in love i had to do it with friends i had to do it with family i had to do it with staff members i don't think there is a sector of relationships I haven't had to address, you know, and this is simply because I'm I'm a lion and I'm going for my prey. And my prey is what I want, which is to leave a legacy for for my family, for my seeds, a platform for other people to jump on off and and, and be able to, to change their lives for the better as well. That's my destiny. That's what I'm here to do. So if anything is getting in the way, of, of, of limiting that, then I have to make those harsh decisions. And that's, I'm not saying everyone who wants to be, achieve a certain level of success or achieves a goal has to do that. But for me, that's, that's where it came to. You might be blessed with the right set of people around you from the beginning that encourage you to grow, you know, or you might find that some of them are like that. And, um, you know, not everyone for you, not everyone with you is for you. You know, um, some friends are the are amazing where you are. You know, especially if it's in line with them. I, I work I work in a nine to five job. I earn forty thousand pounds a year. I drive a BMW three series, and I go on two holidays a year. And I live in a semi detached house. And my friend does as well. My friend suddenly becomes successful and moves and buys a six bedroom mansion, North Finchley. Uh, um, is now has two cars, has access to a helicopter, goes on holiday, spends more time abroad than at home and works remotely just off his laptop and, you know, <laughs> has an amazing wife and kids and, you know, they just live in a different life. 
it might then become harder for me. It shouldn't, but it might become harder for me to then be friends with that person. They're living a different life. We have different things in common now. Um, I, I only have availability to talk to him and catch up between 6 and 10 in the evening, Monday to Friday, and meet up on a Saturday. Whereas he's living a different kind of life. You know, it's Monday, 2 in the afternoon. Like, come on, let's go. Let's go and get a few drinks. I can't. I might work. And these, <laughs> these sort of disparities can now start mm. changing the dynamics of a relationship. Yeah. So it's not always to even say, I had to chop people out of my life because they were bad. Sometimes it's just, it, just, it just became too much hard work. And, you know, I think one of the, the things I always, when people come to me and go, oh, Kwame, what makes a man-woman relationship work? What do you think it is? And I say the ability for the two of them to change together. Because once you start going down different paths, it just puts too much of a strain on, on, on a relationship. And I think if you know where you're going, you know, this is where I need to be. You have to regularly ask yourself, and not just with friends, with everything, does this add value to where I want to go or does it not? Mm-hmm. It's a very simple uh, uh, question. And yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think once you, are, once you ask yourself that, it doesn't necessarily mean if something doesn't add value, you drop it. But the key thing is being, knowing the difference. Then that's when you know what to apply more energy toward. Yeah. Well, well, can I interject there <laughs> and Please. say that I, I'm going to go for a little break, a little coffee break. Um, the reason why is that I think we need to, I need to have a drink. I need to chill out and come back and we continue the conversation. Yeah. But the other half of this conversation is really going to be about leadership. And I think you're starting to allude to that because you're talking about the choice of people and and who will be in your mm-hmm. life and the reasons why they might be and how you might need to change together. I think that's interesting. Uh, can we change yeah. together? Is that possible always? And does that affect the kind of people that you might bring into a team when you're talking about building a successful business? So I'm going to ask you those questions after we have a little break. Yeah. Let's have a coffee break. Awesome. All right. We'll see you on the other side. See you then. Stay tuned for the episode.
tuned for the Ebony Empress Show on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We are talking today to Kwame Badu. And, of course, you if you've been with us since the beginning of the show, you will know he is a really interesting, deep person. Based in London, he's a consultant. He's a public speaker. He works in schools. He has a powerful conversation about the choices he has made on his journey to success. And so we are talking about overcoming predestination. I think that's really important to kind of get that positive mindset from the very beginning. And I know, Kwame, you have that in place. So thank you so much for the conversation so far. Got some new questions Mm -hmm. for you. And my new questions are still around choice, basically, but leadership is a big one. Um, I put on my show page that Kwame suggests leaders might think they should have everything figured out already but this simply isn't true. While we all have our own talents, leadership skills are often something we have to learn along the way. So what is it that you have learned about leadership and what can you share with my listeners about the importance of leadership and what it takes to be a great leader? Yeah, I think uh, it takes the ability first to learn, to know that you're you're a student. Um, you, You know, as well as you're leading, you still need to learn. You need to be very adaptable. Um, which which means, you know, not everyone is the same or, or learns the same or can take the same sort of uh, uh, instructions or narrative to, to, to move forward. Um, to share your time, you know, you need to be quite generous with your time. Um, as a leader, people are going to, your team's going to need you to, to guide and advise them. So if you're busy doing your own, um, you, you actually may not be given enough time to your team to, to really lead them in the way uh, you're supposed to. Ideally, your energy should be to lead it, whereas theirs is to produce it. Um, and I think the last one at least would be to sell and not tell. You know, sell the idea, sell the, the goal, sell it to them. If you're a great leader, you have that ability like we see in these uh, sort of army movies. Just before they're about to charge, you know, you hear the leader do this great speech galloping on a horse or on a boat. And, and that's what encourages them and gives them a different mindset, which is, you know what? This sacrifice, dying, or whatever means nothing. They're, they're, they're driven and, and they charge, you know, wholeheartedly. And I think this is the whole ability to sell. And I think that's what makes uh, a great leader. What, what kind of leader would you say you are in the workplace? What kind of leader uh, are you? Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I have fun. I could be the prankster. Um, I could be the most serious. I could be the annoyed. Don't talk to me. Um, and uh, it's quite easy because I'm loud. So you you know what I'm you know what mood I'm in immediately. You know, um, and uh, we have we have different places around the office where we can work. There's the communal area. There's the actual uh, office space itself, um, or there's some loan desk that you can work on. But we we also have the ability of working remotely. We don't need to all be in the same office uh, uh, together all the time to work, which is the the the, the sort of uh, way of working that I think is a more modern way of of you know working. So we're not we're not always together, but I like to say I'm the sort of leader that you know I like to have fun, I like to joke about, 
I like to, I like to, I enjoy what I do and I like to take on people who have the same passions within their sectors. That's the key thing. Do you, do you love sales and marketing? Great. Do you love leadership and management? Great. Do you love doing workshops? Great. And, and that's what I then take on uh, uh, to work with me. And my goal is to, is to lead them into the opportunities that they want. Uh, and then they do it fruitfully with a smile. And then we all end up having fun. Um, yeah, and that's sort of leader, I like to say. But they, they might say differently, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure it would be fine. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask so, a question yeah. about the leadership, mm-hmm. another question about the leadership. My question might be, um, you know what kind of lead you are, but this is a question that I was asked recently when I went to start a new position. The interview, mm-hmm. the, the interviewer asked me, uh, if someone was really low on your team, you know, they're not motivated, they're not delivering, how would you get that person to become a performer? How would you motivate that person to success? So that's my question for you. You you manage a team, you lead a team, yeah. you're the biggest yeah. person in the workplace, you know, in terms of the key figure, you're the go-to person. So if your staff are mm-hmm. not performing, if they're not hitting the target, if they're not delivering the things that will make you all happy <laughs> and they're having yeah. a happy day, how do you how do you get them going? What kind of things would you need to do or say? I think it stares down to what we were saying in the beginning, which is relationship. You know, if you've got a good relationship uh, with the staff members, it does often mean you have a few drinks outside of work. You know, you get to know their their partners, you know about their kids, they speak on it. And um, more often than not, if it's it's two ways. If, If they're not performing, it usually means there's a time they were performing. So what's changed? What's happening? What's going on? Um, and sometimes it could be something in their personal lives, you know, I'm going through difficulties with, with, with the hubby or with the missus, you know, this is happening at my kid's school. Sometimes it's, it's a bit of that. And, and there's a number of ways of resolving it. And, and sometimes it's not the, the obvious crack the whip. It actually could mean even, listen, take two days off, go get your head clear, sort it out and come back. You know, we'll let, We'll let the project leaders know that, you know, there's a bit of a delay or X, Y, and Z and cover it. That's, that's what teamwork is about, you know, and that might be the first point of call. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I think people just need to go on training courses again. I could, be, I could think I'm the best salesperson, but sometimes I need a little refresher course on the work I'm doing, doing it day in, day out. You start to, you could fall off a bit, you know, who's really judging you, but numbers don't lie. And if the performance is beginning to dip, it could mean maybe you need a change of role, maybe you need to be re-inspired, um, you know, or maybe a bit of training is needed. But it all starts with the relationship because that's what leads to communication and that's how you find out what's going on. Yeah, that that is very good. Mm. And the last thing yeah. that I want to ask you about is legacy because you mentioned it. Um, you mentioned oh, that you'd like to leave a legacy of some sort. And so I want to ask, you know, with all the business that you do, with your family relationship, which is, it sounds like is a good, has been a really good and is a good foundation for you. What is the legacy yeah. that you want to leave? What would you like people to say about you when you're no longer here? That you can, that you can live a good life, an enjoyable life 
a fruitful life, helping others. That, you know, there, there is nobility in spreading love and doing good for others. You know, um, I mentioned in the, in, 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 in the bio that I showed you that, you know, one of the, every business platform I've created it has been put in place to make sure people can gain from it, can grow from it, can 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 gain insight, you know, and and essentially for themselves learn how to become better, be better versions of themselves, and that's that's what my legacy is about, you know, it's about me letting people know that because if if we do that, then every, everyone lives better and everyone's happier, you know. Every day we get up in this world, you know, we. I'd rather be smiling, enjoying life, and not worrying about things. And um, often I believe if we, we are the best versions of ourselves, irrespective of what environment we are in, we can live the best as we can within that environment and possibly even learn how to change that environment, no longer become a product of it, but to make the changes. You know, um, you, you're seeing that with people like Stormzy, you know, he, he's, he's put more black people into Cambridge University than, than you know, records have ever known. He's, there are people out there that are creating platforms. Uh, Tyler Perry creating the first black-owned studio, film studio, you know, because we're changing the narrative now. It's reaching a world where we can go, okay, before it was become, go and study, become this educated person so that these people will give you a job. I mean, that was the limitations from the baby boomers generation. That's what they told the next gen is go and spend the first third of your life studying so you can spend the next two, the next third of your life working for somebody so well that when you retire, that the last third of your life, you can, I don't know, sit down and read a book and watch cricket. Mm. I don't know. But <laughs> I just think there is a lot more to it now. There is, you can create, why not create a business that can help people from your community um, get jobs where they can do well and rise, you know? And it's, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's, it's very intense. There are more disappointments than there are triumphs um, uh, coming from people. But for me, winning is getting it right 65% of the time, even 60. If I win 60% and lose 40%, I'm winning. That's great. That's reality. You know, I think people are too often looking for 90% wins and 10% L's. That's not real. So, um, yeah, that's my mindset on it anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, and yeah. thank you so much for the conversation today. I think we've done it. We've been, uh, we've been round and back. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've run a 10 We've gone through the houses. We have. I've learned a lot about you and I do wish you a lot of luck in the work that you do. I know that you are blessed because you had the right parenting and you had a good start. But more importantly, you have made good this next phase of your life. And you're still young, but, you know, I'm glad that we had this conversation because for my listeners, I find I feel that somebody will be encouraged by your conversation and it might help. Some of That's our fun. people who are not so young or younger or older, doesn't matter where they are in their life, to think about where they are and where they want to be and how important it is to do what you love, but also to think about, 
you know what you want to leave when you when you leave when you, when you, it's the end That's it. um and nothing's yeah. predestined i think you can do whatever you want but i wanted to end on a quote yeah. that i found um the most difficult thing is a decision to act the rest is merely tenacity <laughs> the fears are yeah. paper tigers you can do anything you decide to do you can act to change and control your life and the procedure the process is its own reward. And that's by Amelia Earhart. And I, I do love that. I think that's a good one. And I want you to just another one by Anthony Robbins. Your life mm-hmm. changes the moment you make a new congruent and committed decision. And I yeah. think that's important. My dad always says, yeah. once you make your mind up, half the battle's won. And I think... Uh, yeah. that's a point I want to end on. I think make your mind up, decide what you want to be, overcome that predestination yeah. thought that, you know, hey, it is what it is and everything is already set out. You have choices. You always have choices. And I'm glad I made a choice, choice to share my last <laughs> 45 minutes or so with you. It's been a great experience. Thank you, Carmen. It's been great. I just want to say before you go as well that, we, we have created online platforms, which are going to be going live, hopefully by the end of the year, on kbconsultancy.uk. A lot of the things that um, you need to learn in terms of business uh, growth or employee growth, there'll be courses online available there at very low cost. Um, it's going to be amazing. We've got sector professionals from there, all people who have gone through the, the growth uh, uh, levels and, and managed to become experts in their own right. So, you know, do stay tuned, kbconsultancy.uk, check that out, and that can definitely help with your growth and your predestined, if you believe, journey. Thank you. That's my plug. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Go ahead and plug, plug, plug. I'm actually fine with that. That's my plug. Oh, you can find me on social media, Kwame.Badu on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Just Google the name Kwame Badu and you'll see everything come up. Business, KB Consultancy, same thing. It's been amazing being on this podcast with you, Sandra, as well. Thanks for the opportunity. And don't stop. Don't stop this time. Keep it going. <laughs> I'm going to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And you guys can find cool. information. You know, and um, it, it's something I had to battle with moving from being like an employee to to trying to be a manager, let alone a business owner. Because essentially you, you create relationships with the people that you work with. You've got relationships with people outside of work. And um, it's a transition that you go through where you learn, you have to learn barriers, you know, what's exposed. Pretty much I would say like, when you first go onto social media, you know, we all learn 
how much we were exposed, how much we won't. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not going to post a picture like that next time. That was a bit too revealing. Or maybe I, I can open up more. Maybe I'm being a bit restricted. So um, I think uh, uh, it's, it's very important about the relationships that you create. They definitely tailor who you are. You are, you are guilty by association. I think your growth mechanism, and I'm very much about growth and being better than I was last year, highly depends on uh, what relationships you have. The success of your business or it doing well, again, relates down to, you know, if it, it, people don't even have to be great at the job, but if there's a vibe, if there's a good connection, if there's a powerful relationship, then everyone, that means great communication. That means teamwork. Um, then you reach the goal anyway. So I'm, I'm big on it. I'm really big on relationships. And, and obviously the, the, the man and woman one as well, which is, that's probably a whole different podcast, so I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably... You know what? I, I hear you. Don't get me started because yeah. I'll go down the road. I just yeah. bet I've come off. Um, but, you know, people who know me will know it, it will come in because relationships are so integrated into everything uh, that we are yeah. talking about today. You know, we are talking yeah. about powerful choices. And sometimes everything is kind of pivotal on, you know, the kind of person that's in your life, the people that you connect with. I, I always say to my children, it is about very often the friends that you have the people who are good people who are in your life and being able to make sure that you have the right people around you. And that is about relationship mm. building. That is about yeah. who we connect with and who we bring close, you know, even our enemies, yeah. who we bring close is important. That's right. So That's right. today I've kind yeah. of decided that the show is going to be segmented into three areas. I'm really interested in your young life, your younger days before sure. you became this entrepreneur, this consultant, so and you are part <laughs> yes, your organization is yeah. KB Consultants, so I'll just throw that out there for those people who want to go and look yeah. you up. On my show page, I've got your details so people can connect with you. Yeah. But um, I wanted to say that what's important for this conversation for me is to know about your early days, to also look because yeah. you're from London and we have a lot going on around teenagers in London right now, particularly our black young people and knife crime. Yeah. And um, I'm just yeah. interested to hear about when you're talking about what you're predestined to or what people, what the expectations are for your life. What, what were they for you when you were a teenager? And now I know when yeah. people look at the show, they can see a lovely picture of Kwame, who I cannot believe, yeah. Kwame, that you're but anyway um, yeah I know <laughs> right it's that fountain of youth I can't tell people where it is so hold on oh. hold on teenage years then oh, the oh, last oh. segment will be from oh, teen yeah. till now so looking at those lessons you've learned the lessons in the boardroom for you because now you're running this successful company but I just want to know yeah. about the key areas in your journey. And I, I'm really looking at it not just from an employment perspective, but also family and your spiritual. Yeah. I don't know if you're a spiritual person, but how does spiritual yeah. you know, affect that whole Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um the teenage years was growing up in a in a in a poor area in East London. Um lived on a council flat. I, I, I speak about that regularly. I was on the twentieth floor um, and uh, I, I was living there with my old man, 
my parents had gone through a separation. And um, it meant that, you know, we had gone from living in a nice house to, 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 to this tower building. And I also had to change schools as well. So um, it, it was a hard time. And then later I was accompanied uh, uh, by my younger sis. And um, yeah, we grew up there and it was, it was a happy family. It was, uh, there was connection, there was love, there was respect. We were taught as any sort of young Ghanaian kids would be taught, you know, West African discipline was there. And um, both our parents are spiritual, Christian. So it meant that um, we would go to church. So there was always that knowledge of higher being, which uh, later on in life, um, diversified, you know, but um, there's always been that spiritual uh, aspect in all our lives, and we're all Christians in our own right. And um, I think for me, the biggest pull were a lot of the principles that were taught to me by my father, which is why I always scream the necessity and importance of parenthood. Um, when we talk about a lot of the, 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 the crime that happens with our young black youth, um, we, we, we tend to find that the common denominator is parenting, you know, and it's, it's, who, it's who are your heroes when you're young, it's who you first are impressioned by and, what you, and who you learn from. And I think if they uh, conduct themselves in, in a certain way, then that gives great example for the younger, the younger generation, the kids. But the biggest thing as well, which is quite unfortunate because some don't have this choice for me is finance. Because, you know, when you look at many of the uh, um, families and we were quite fortunate not to have this in, in my younger years, is that the parent has to work long hours or when the kids come back from school or child comes back from school, mummy's got to go out for a cleaning job or a nursing job or something, which then leaves the child at home for many hours alone which uh, then allows for all forms of influence to come in. So, you know, but we, we were quite fortunate. We had um, my old man be back home about six-ish, usual nine to five. And, you know, he had, a, he had a very standard job. He worked as an electrician for London Electricity Board. <laughs> so, you know, he was, he was like, uh, uh, um, he just went to work, did his thing, got a decent pay. And, but he always taught us about life being more and having more options than what he had, and that he was making necessary sacrifices to dig deep, to give us the platform. And so schooling was very important. And, uh, you know, so doing well in school at GCSE, I mean, I didn't do amazingly, but I got seven GCSEs at C grade. I then went to college, did A-levels. I did chemistry, physics, biology. The aim was to go towards science. Typical African influence, you know, become a doctor, <laughs> lawyer, you know. <laughs> so, you know, after I did A-levels. I didn't do so well in those, but I did well enough to get me into London Met University, which was North London University at the time. And that's in a hybrid. I, you know, and that's what encouraged me to become an Arsenal supporter. You know, it was right next to their ground. So I went there and studied biochemistry. You know, I was on this really good path of, you know, educationally. I was, I was on the right path. I was still spiritual, going to church when I could. Um, by the time I reached uni, I was living on my own now. I was living with friends. And, um, yeah, there was the typical influence, you know, 
start getting a bit of change, get a little car, get a girlfriend, start going on holidays. But um, at this point, I still didn't see, I was fortunate enough to avoid the, the road life, which was being on road, selling drugs, being caught up in gang life. Um, I did get in trouble, but that was more like driving offences. Um, I, was, I was a bit rebellious and, uh, you know, I broke some of the driving rules. And so that, that got me into a little bit of trouble, but just enough to wake me up and go, oh, listen, life is real. And what you do today can consequence tomorrow. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a few brushings and <laughs> that's where I would be on my knees praying. Like, please, God, you know, get me out of this trouble. I'll never do it again. And it wasn't just praying because I was in trouble. I generally did believe that the most high could help me. And I believe he did because yeah. I got away scot-free. But, you know, it was enough to make me, it was the whip being cracked. And um, I, 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 then, I then basically, I qualified with a biochem degree and it was now going into the working world, which is what has given me great strength to teach within schools, which is another thing that I do as a, as a, as a social agenda, aside from my business. I teach in schools like Grateful School in Barking, um, we've got we've got workers in Barnet and Southgate College during these this this teenage transition, and you know going into the work life they all want experience, and it's not what you think it is as a young person. Um, I had my little job in college. Don't get me wrong, working in a restaurant, <laughs> cleaning tables. But you know when you start now going into a, a career job, you think this is going to be it. And um, I really didn't like working in science. So I had this degree in biochemistry and I started in Winston Hospital, worked clinical biochemistry, did it for about four weeks and I was dying. I was like, I'm a bubbly, loud guy. And this was lab coats, goggles and petri dishes, centrifugation machinery. It was not me. Capital FM, the old Capital FM playing in the background. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, and... I, 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 conf I, I fully learned at that stage, Sandra, that if you uh, going into that world after all that sacrifice, because that's what I think adults don't teach kids enough. Education is sacrifice. You're, you're holding back from making money. You've got to still study some more. Yeah, at 16, you can get a job, but you've got to keep studying. It's a sacrifice. And this day and age where you've got so much visuals of people winning, so to speak, sleep, get up, go to work. And um, when I, when I got into this sort of rat race, I knew I had to find another way. I was like, this is not, this is not me. And even if I were to create a platform for people to work under me, if I were to create a company, I wouldn't want them to live this rat race kind of life. I would want to give more freedom. Obviously, we've got to work the hours of the day, but in a way that was more uh, modern, you know, not clocking in and clocking out of the same building I'm curious to know yeah. how you feel about, you know, overcoming the whole thought that, you know, sometimes we have that there's nothing I can do about the outcome of my life. I'm predestined to be who. No, that's, that's BS. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't I think have, we are. You know, do you believe we are predestined to be? No, I, 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 I feel that our environment definitely shapes us, most definitely. Um, you know, if I can interject there, right, I, we, we made the documentary in 2007 
called The Ends. And we went around all of the boroughs of London and especially into the hard parts. You know, Mike Stewart stayed in Brixton, Pembury Estate in Hackney, you name it. We went into the tough parts, north, south, east, and west, filming uh, a lot of people, some deadlifters like Kelly LaRock, some notorious ones like uh, Judge Our Souls from Peckham Boys. You know, it was, it was deep. And the whole point of it was to showcase that it's not that you're young and black and you are a certain way, but your environment shapes you. Or are we just that way? That's the question, you know. Are, we, are you a product of the environment or is the environment a product of the people, you know? And in doing that documentary, it was really good. We managed to get to the House of Commons with it, where we showcased it to um, uh, Diane Abbott, who was the MP of Hackney at the time. And what the, the, the answer that was highlighted is that we are a product of our environment. You take the same said person and give them a different set of parents, a different environment, a different house, different level of finance, and they will be a different person. So, you know, it's hard to say you, you are always going to be successful or you are always going to be this, you're always going to be that. I mean, I'll go as far as to believe that you can, you know, you can actually change a person's mindset. And this is why it's so important that we always talk about our network and who we associate with. Because even when, you know, you've had all this shaping from your environment, your parents, schooling, you name it, you hang out with the wrong people for two years and you can lose everything. You know, your relationship can crumble, which means you can then lose your house, no longer be around your kids. You can lose your job. You know, your whole life can just change because you've hung around with the wrong people that probably steered you in a way that jeopardized those things you valued most. So, no, I don't think... uh, So a question for you. So a question Mm. for you. Have you had to make choices about the kind of friends that you hang out with, the kind of people that are in your life? Have you had to make those powerful choices because you know that if I follow this group or if I allow these people into my circle, it's going to send my life in a direction I'm not looking for? You know, have you been there? Absolutely. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have to do that. And I think, you know, there's there's epiphanies you have when you go through changes and um, sometimes either life puts it on you or you have to find it. But we always know when it is. You know, we know that time because you start seeing the changes happen around you or it becomes more apparent that you're going around in circles. You know, and um, yeah, I had to do it in love. I had to do it with friends. I had to do it with family. I had to do it with staff members. I don't think there is a sector of relationships I haven't had to address, you know, and this is simply because I'm, I'm a lion and I'm going for my prey. And my prey is what I want which is to leave a legacy for my, for my family, for my seeds, a platform for other people to jump on off and, and, and be able to, to change their lives for the better as well. That's my destiny. That's what I'm here to do. So if anything is getting in the way of, of, of limiting that, then I have to make those harsh decisions. And that's, I'm not saying everyone who wants to be, achieve a certain level of success or achieves a goal has to do that but for me that's 
that's where it came to. You might be blessed with the right set of people around you from the beginning that encourage you to grow, you know, or you might find that some of them are like that. And, um, you know, not everyone for you, not everyone with you is for you. You know, um, some friends are the, are amazing where you are, you know, especially if it's in line with them. I, I work, I work in a nine to five job. I earn 40,000 pounds a year. I drive a BMW 3 Series and I go on two holidays a year and I live in a semi-detached house. And my friend does as well. My friend suddenly becomes successful and moves and buys a six-bedroom mansion, North Finchley. Uh, um, it now has two cars, has access to a helicopter, goes on holiday, spends more time abroad than at home and works remotely just off his laptop. And, you know... <laughs> has an amazing wife and kids and, you know, they just live in a different life. It might then become harder for me. It shouldn't, but it might become harder for me to then be friends with that person. They're living a different life. We have different things in common now. Um, I, I only have availability to talk to him and catch up between six and 10 in the evening, Monday to Friday and meet up on a Saturday. Whereas he's living a different kind of life, you know, it's Monday, two in the afternoon. Like, come on, let's go, let's go and get a few drinks. I can't, I might work. And these, <laughs> these sort of disparities can now start mm. changing the dynamics of a relationship. I had to chop people out of my life because they were bad. Sometimes it's just, it, just be, it just became too much hard work. And, you know, I think one of the, the things I always, when people come to me, they go, oh, Kwame, what makes a man-woman relationship work? What do you think it is? And I say the ability for the two of them to change together. Because once you start going down different paths, it just puts too much of a strain on, on, on a relationship. And I think if you know where you're going, you know, this is where I need to be. You have to regularly ask yourself, and not just with friends, with everything, does this add value to where I want to go or does it not? Mm -hmm. It's a very simple uh, uh, question. And yeah. It's, yeah. You know, and I think once you are, once you ask yourself that, it doesn't necessarily mean if something doesn't add value, you drop it. But the key thing is being knowing the difference. Then that's when you know what to apply more energy toward. Stay tuned for the Ebony Empress Show on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We are talking today to Kwame Badu. And, of course, you if you've been with us since the beginning of the show, you will know he is a really interesting, deep person. Based in London, he's a consultant. He's a public speaker. He works in schools. He has a powerful conversation about the choices he has made on his journey to success. And so we are talking about overcoming predestination. I think that's really important to kind of get that positive mindset from the very beginning. And I know, Kwame, you have that in place. So thank you so much for the conversation so far. Got some new questions mm -hmm. for you. And my new questions are still around choice, basically. But 
leadership is a big one. Um, I put on my show page that Kwame suggests leaders might think they should have everything figured out already, but this simply isn't true. While we all have our own talents, leadership skills are often something we have to learn along the way. So what is it that you have learned about leadership and what can you share with my listeners about the importance of leadership and what it takes to be a great leader? Yeah, I think uh, it takes the ability first to learn, to know that you're, you're a student, um, you, you know, as well as you're leading, you still need to learn. You need to be very adaptable, um, which, which means, you know, not everyone is the same or, or learns the same or can take the same sort of uh, uh, instructions or narrative to, to, to move forward. Um, to share your time, you know, you need to be quite generous with your time um, as a leader. People are going to, your team's going to need you to, to guide and advise them. So if you're busy doing your own, um, you, you actually may not be given enough time to your team to, to really lead them in the way uh, you're supposed to. Ideally, your energy should be to lead them, whereas theirs is to produce it. Um, and I think the last one at least would be to sell and not tell. You know, sell the idea, sell the, the goal, sell it to them if you're a great leader. You have that ability, like we see in these uh, sort of army movies, just before they're about to charge. You know, you hear the leader do this great speech, galloping on a horse or on a boat. And, and that's what encourages them and gives them a different mindset, which is, you know what? This sacrifice, dying or whatever means nothing. They're, they're, they're driven and, and they charge, you know, wholeheartedly. And I think this is the whole ability to sell. And I think that's what makes uh, a great leader. What what kind of leader would you say you are in the workplace? What kind of leader uh, are you? Oh well, yeah, I, I I have fun. I could be the prankster. Um, I could be the most serious. I could be the annoyed. Don't talk to me. Um, and uh, it's quite easy because I'm loud. So you you know what I'm. You know what mood I'm in immediately. You know, um, and uh, we have we have different places around the office where we can work. There's the communal area. There's the actual uh, office space itself, um, or there's some loan desk that you can work on. But we we also have the ability of working remotely. We don't need to all be in the same office uh, uh, together all the time to work, which is the the the, the sort of uh, way of working that I think is a more modern way of of you know working. So we're not we're not always together. But I'd like to say I'm the sort of leader that. You know, I like to have fun. I like to joke about. I like to, I like to, I enjoy what I do. And I like to take on people who have the same passions within their sectors. That's the key thing. Do you, do you love sales and marketing? Great. Do you love leadership and management? Great. Do you love doing workshops? Great. And, and that's what I then take on uh, uh, to work with me. And my goal is to, is to lead them into the opportunities that they want. Uh, and then they do it fruitfully with a smile, and then we all end up having fun. Um, yeah, and that's sort of leader I like to say. But they they might say differently. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure it would be fine. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask so, a question yeah. about the leadership. Mm-hmm. Another question about the leadership. My question might be. Um, you know what kind of lead you are, but this is a question that I was asked recently when I went to start a new position. The interview, mm-hmm. the, quest, the interviewer asked me, uh, 
if someone was really low on your team, you know, they're not motivated, they're not delivering, how would you get that person to become a performer? How would you motivate that person to success? So that's my question for you. You you manage a team, you lead a team, yeah. you're the biggest yeah. person in the workplace, you know, in terms of the key figure, you're the go-to person. So if your staff are mm-hmm. not performing, if they're not hitting the target, if they're not delivering the things that will make you all happy <laughs> and have yeah. a happy day, how do, you, how do you get them going? What kind of things would you need to do or say? I think it stairs down to what we were saying in the beginning, which is relationship. You know, if you've got a good relationship uh, with the staff members, it does often mean you have a few drinks outside of work. You know, you get to know their, their partners, you know about their kids, they speak on it. And um, more often than not, if it's, it, it's two ways. If, if they're not performing, it usually means there's a time they were performing. So what's changed? What's happening? What's going on? Um, and sometimes it could be something in their personal lives. You know, I'm going through difficulties with, with, with the hubby or with the missus. You know, this is happening at my kid's school. Sometimes it's, it's a bit of that. And, and there's a number of ways of resolving it. And, and sometimes it's not the, the obvious crack the whip. It actually could mean even, listen, take two days off. Go get your head clear, sort it out and come back. You know, we'll let we'll let the project leaders know that, you know, there's a bit of a delay or X, Y, and Z and cover it. That's, that's what teamwork is about, you know, and that might be the first point of call. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I think people just need to go on training courses again. I could, be, I could think I'm the best salesperson, but sometimes I need a little refresher course on the work I'm doing, doing it day in, day out. You start to, you could fall off a bit, you know, who's really judging you, but numbers don't lie. And if the performance is beginning to dip, it could mean maybe you need a change of role, maybe you need to be re-inspired, um, you know, or maybe a bit of training is needed. But it all starts with the relationship because that's what leads to communication and that's how you find out what's going on. Yeah, that that is very good. Yeah. And the last thing yeah. that I want to ask you about is legacy because you mentioned it. Um, you mentioned oh, right. that you'd like to leave a legacy of some sort. And so I want to ask, you know, with all the business that you do, with your family relationship, which is sounds like is a good, has been a really good and is a good foundation for you, what is the legacy yeah. that you want to leave? What would you like people to say about you when you're no longer here? That you can, that you can live a good life, an enjoyable life, a fruitful life, helping others that you know there there is nobility in spreading love and doing good for others you know um i mentioned in the in 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 the bio that i showed you that you know one of the every business platform i've created it has been put in place to make sure people can gain from it can grow from it can 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 gain insight you know and and essentially for themselves learn how to become better be better versions of themselves. And that's, that's what my legacy is about, you know, it's about letting people know that. Because if, if we do that, then everyone lives better and everyone's happier. You know, every day we get up in this world, you know, we, I'd rather be smiling, enjoying life and not worrying about things. And um, often I believe if we, we are the best versions of ourselves, 
irrespective of what environment we are in, we can live the best as we can within that environment and possibly even learn how to change that environment, no longer become a product of it, but to make the changes, you know. Um, You're seeing that with people like Stormzy. You know, he's put more black people into Cambridge University than, than, you know, records have ever known. There are people out there that are creating platforms. Uh, Tyler Perry creating the first black-owned studio, film studio, you know, because we're changing the narrative now. It's reaching a world where we can go, okay, before it was become, go and study, become this educated person so that these people will give you a job. I mean, that was the limitations from the baby boomers generation. That's what they told the next gen is go and spend the first third of your life studying so you can spend the next two, the next third of your life working for somebody so well that when you retire that the last third of your life you can i don't know sit down and read a book and watch cricket mm. i don't know but <laughs> i just think there is a lot more to it now there is you can create why not create a business that can help people from your community um get jobs where they can do well and rise you know and it's it's not for the faint-hearted it's, it's very intense there are more disappointments than there are triumphs um, uh, coming from people. But for me, winning is getting it right 65% of the time, even 60. If I win 60% and lose 40%, I'm winning. That's great. That's reality. You know, I think people are too often looking for 90% wins and 10% L's. That's not real. So, um, yeah, that's my mindset on it anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, and yeah. thank you so much for the conversation today. I think we've done it. We've been, uh, we've been round and back. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've run a 10 We've gone through the houses. We have. I've learned a lot about you. And I do wish you yeah. a lot of luck in the work that you do. I know that you are blessed because you had the right parenting and you had a good start but more importantly you have made good this next phase of your life and you're still young but you know I'm glad that we had this conversation because for my listeners I find I feel that somebody will be encouraged by your conversation and it might help some of our people who are not so young or younger or older doesn't matter where they are in their life to think about where they are and where they want to be and how important it is to do what you love, but also to think about, you know, what you want to leave when you, when you leave, when, you, when you, it's the end. That's it. um, and nothing's yeah. predestined. I think you can do whatever you want. But I wanted to end on a quote yeah. that I found. Um, the most difficult thing is a decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. The fears are yeah. paper tigers. You can do anything you decide to do. You can act to change and control your life and the procedure. The process is its own reward. And that's by Amelia Earhart. And I, I do love that. I think that's a good one. And I want you to do just another one by Anthony Robbins. Your life mm-hmm. changes the moment you make a new congruent and committed decision. And I yeah. think that's important. My dad always says, yeah. once you make your mind up, half the battle's won. And I think uh, yeah. that's a point I want to end on. I think make your mind up, decide what you want to be. 
overcome that predestination yeah. thought that you know hey it is what it is and everything is already set out you have choices you always have choices and i'm glad i made a you choice to choice. share my last <laughs> 45 minutes or so with you it's been a great experience thank you carmen it's been great i just want to say before you go as well that we we have created online platforms which are going to be going live hopefully by the end of the year on kvconsultancy.uk a lot of the things that um, you need to learn in terms of business uh, growth or employee growth, there'll be courses online available there at very low cost. Um, it's going to be amazing. We've got sector professionals from there, all people who have gone through the, the growth uh, uh, levels and, and managed to become experts in their own right. So, you know, do stay tuned. kbconsultancy.uk, check that out, and that can definitely help with your growth and your predestined, if you believe, journey. Thank you. That's my plug. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Go ahead and plug, plug, plug. I'm absolutely fine with that. That's my plug. Oh, you can find me on social media, Kwame.Badu on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Just Google the name Kwame Badu and you'll see everything come up. Business, KB Consultancy, same thing. It's been amazing being on this podcast with you, Sandra, as well. Thanks for the opportunity. And don't stop. Don't stop this time. Keep it going. <laughs> I'm going to keep it going. Mm -hmm. And you guys can find cool. information.